Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Adventures by the Slice. I'm Megan from NC Eat and Play. And I'm Anthony, owner of V Pizza and Flask Cocktail Bar. As always, we're sharing slices of North Carolina's food fanship and industry from what's happening around town and trending on social to what's happening in the kitchen and bars of some of your favorite places to eat and indulge. And it is our first show. Feeling pretty hyped. I'm super excited to be doing this with you after talking about it for a while. So I can't we wait to get started. We have been talking about this for a while. It's been an idea that we've wanted to do for a long time and my team has just slacked. No, I don't think that's <laughs> it. I think it's more so you've been super busy. We've I've been, both been yeah, busy. Yeah, I've been kind of busy too, but to kind of get started. Yeah, I couldn't think of anyone else I'd want to do it with, so I'm super hyped. Well, shucks. It's funny because before we started, before we started recording, our producer, whose name is Dell, was slacking, you know, not getting us ready to go. But he had given us kind of like a tagline to use, and the tagline is, Megan is a southerner with an appetite to share, and I am a rebel that never hits pause. Pause <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from Dell in the background. <laughs> so there you have it, everybody. I apparently am known as the southerner with an appetite, and Anthony is a rebel, right. it's just all a rebel that never hits pause. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that it definitely does kind of encapsulate who we are, especially you, right? Everybody kind of um, in North Carolina, myself included, we kind of lean on you to know what we're going to do and what we're going to eat and where we're going to hang out. No one better to be doing this with, right? I guess that's true. I mean, I don't know how much of a rebel you are unless you've got some sort yeah. of <laughs> past... <laughs> And maybe we'll get into that on another episode. Yeah, I don't think I so. Would, I would love to hear all about it, Anthony. Yeah, I but mm. I think he really nailed it when he said never hits pause because that is absolutely <laughs> how I have known you. From the second I met you, you never hit pause. You're always pushing forward. You opened your first V Pizza during the very start of the pandemic. How long were you open before like six everything weeks. shut down? Yeah like, yeah, like six, seven weeks we got the doors open. So we, yeah. we planned it perfectly. But honestly, one of the, the probably the main reason why I definitely knew I wanted to do um, something like this with you and, you know, and to be clear, I appreciate you mentioning me and V Pizza and how we were able to open a location, but this is definitely not like a, this isn't a V Pizza podcast. This is, it's not about me, right? We really want to make sure that we get to share and give listeners and followers real like quote unquote slice of what the restaurant industry is like and what we go through. It's, uh, it's pretty fucking wild, but it's wonderful at the same time, you know? Oh, there you have it, everybody. The first F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was coming. Yeah, I think that one might have been a little bit forced just to kind of get out of the way. They'll, they'll, unfortunately, <laughs> there, there might be a few more. It's a podcast, right? So yeah. we want to keep it unfiltered. I promised Anthony that this could be unfiltered, so you'll hear a little bit of colorful language. We're... Just a little bit. <laughs> we are here recording in Flask. Anthony, we just talked about how he opened his first V Pizza location right before the pandemic started. Like I said, he didn't slow down. He opened a second V Pizza location in Briar Creek along with his first craft cocktail bar called Flask. And we are here right now 
before opening hours, so we are all on our own, and he is able to say whatever words he wants. So <laughs> <laughs> he will take advantage of it, I have no doubt. Yeah, this is true. On today's show, we're definitely going to be talking about the local restaurant industry, what it's currently like for owners and operators, things like hiring challenges, rising food and supply costs, maybe talking about delivery services and how there's definitely a love-hate relationship with restaurants, things like that, right? Awesome. And I'd like to share some of the latest social media trends that I'm seeing from exciting places that people are dying to try in cities and towns all over North Carolina. And also it's starting to warm up and the flowers are blooming. So I'm definitely going to be sharing some of my love for Asheville and why it's my favorite place to go this time of year. Oh, dope. Yeah. Speaking of flowers blooming, I will be constantly sniffling. I think Megan will be too. There's like (laughs) 15 pounds of pollen on my car. And that's what we're doing. We're swimming in pollen today. Welcome to North Carolina. And then, of course, we want to discuss kind of like happenings, right? What's kind of going on in the area? And there is genuinely, there is not a bigger foodie moment right now than Megan's spring hootenanny. I did not know what a hootenanny was, but then I was lucky enough to be a part of the fall one, and it was bananas. It was, it was definitely different and bigger than I thought it was going to be, but just the concept of it was super cool. Right now what we're going to look at is the segment that we have, What's Really Going On? So I'm going to... I'll give you three critical slices as to what's happening in the restaurant industry. So the first one is going to be talent needs. We'll discuss challenges, frustrations, supply issues, and costs. Number two, we'll kind of talk about delivery services. And then the third one, which is a little bit less tangible, we'll talk about hope. And then we'll discuss hope and perseverance of maybe colleagues and friends, people that you know, maybe people that I may know in the industry. Let's start with kind of talent needs. Yeah. I can kind of, just from like the restaurant side of it, it's definitely been tough, not to get people in the door maybe per se, but definitely to get like the right people in the door. We definitely try to focus on a certain type of employee. Yeah, Um, so what makes somebody the right person? I feel like just because, just being relatively hands-on, right? Like I I like to kind of put myself in the businesses every day. I think like the number one requirement is, could I see myself hanging out with this person 40 hours a week, right? Because that'll affect my mood, it'll affect theirs. I mean, That's where culture comes in, right? Yeah, I mean... That's something that you'll always hear Anthony talk about with V Pizza is that the culture is the most important part. I think we're just doing pizza, right? We're just, we're putting cheese on dough, we're, we're throwing sauce on stuff. So it's not like, it's not brain surgery. So really it's just, are we going to have people in the building that kind of like believe in what it is that we're trying to do long term? For us, that's been a pretty motley crew of whether it be high school kids, maybe people a little bit younger, people that don't have any pizza making experience or craft cocktail experience. We just kind of took people that we, for lack of a better term, maybe like vibed with, and then we brought them on and, and we're just figuring it out together. There's a lot of things we probably don't know, but I do think that the vibe, at least when you walk through the door, is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that this is an issue for so many people. I know a lot of owners of restaurants that I work with have been reaching out to me asking me to help put out the word. They're all looking for some good talent. It's definitely not just an issue here, but everywhere. I think the industry is really struggling to find really good people. Give me something. What, what is something with, I mean, dropping a name to be too specific, but give me something that you may be hearing from other restaurant owners or just people that may reach out to you, right, because of your platform. What are they asking for? That's a good question. Most of them, I would say, are having a hard time with turnover. A lot of the people in the industry that want to work in the service industry, a lot of time are college students. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of turnover because the seasons change. They have to go back to school or they're home from school temporarily. So college students can be some of the best workers, but they also leave quite often. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) Yesterday, we actually got a two-star review at one of the restaurants and the first sentence was, took almost five minutes for someone to greet me. And it's like, 
man, like I feel for you. And that's obviously, that, that's not the standard that we want to set, but like I'm in the place by myself, you know, there's a pizza in the oven. Unfortunately, my, my voice can only travel so far. I try to yell across the pizza shop, hey guys, go have a seat. But uh, we'll run into that, right? And obviously that's a customer's right to leave those reviews, to give that feedback. You know, I mean, staffing is tough. It's tough for everybody. Yeah, so what are some of owners, your owner friends in the industry, what are they saying? Sometimes these guys will get themselves into a position where they're almost held hostage by maybe like a, a poor performing, performing employee. Someone that maybe in perfect times they would want to move on from, they just can't, right? So that's definitely like a threshold oh, that we kind of- Yeah, we'll talk about it in these groups and it's like, you have to have like this line where you got to just let them go. And if I run with one bartender when I need three, well, if the other two are just, they know that they're kind of holding, quote unquote, holding you hostage, you got to just be able to cut the cord because then, like we talked about, the culture's going to, everyone else will know it too, right? Yeah. They'll know that they're not holding their weight. I'm so. sure that's a really tricky balance to find. Like what is preferable at this point, being understaffed or being staffed with people who are not upholding the culture that yeah, exactly. I stand by. Yeah. That's very interesting. So it's tough. I mean, it's like, like, like you said, it's tough for all of us. We'll move on to the next one, delivery services. I think that you know my stance on delivery services. I do. Services. Go ahead and share it with um, everybody else, though. I think that delivery is silly. Definitely third-party delivery services. I think the quick rundown, right? So let's say if, if, if you were to order something on Grubhub, it comes through to the restaurant. A lot of times Grubhub and these third-party delivery services don't even ask you permission to put them to put your menu on their app or on their service. No. Yeah, so we've had a bunch, so I'm not on any of those services and not super often, but you'll see someone come in, they have like those red insulated uh -huh. bags, you kind of know who they're with. They'll come to pick up an order and if we don't ask the question, hey, are you with Grubhub? Yeah, it's a delivery, it's a delivery driver. The order came through. Long story short, is this guy stopping to get gas? Is he hanging out with his friends? Is we do pizza, whatever it is. If, if it's your pizza, if it's your tacos, if it's a fajita, if it doesn't come to you and it's hot, you've paid more money for it because you ordered it through Uber Eats or whatever it is. You couldn't even leave a bad review on Uber if you wanted to. There's no Yelp for Uber, you know, triangle, right? Yeah. You're leaving the bad review. There's not really anything to protect you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just, it's tough. So that, that's my personal stance on it. I know that obviously the day-to-day, -day, it, it is what it is. We lose money because some people don't want to leave their house and they want to do delivery. And I'm sure you're asked pretty often if there's delivery. Yeah, when we pizza, say no. People associate pizza with delivery. A thousand percent. And they're like, oh, I guess you don't like money. And it's like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's our business model is make the smallest Actually, I don't amount. like money taken from me. <laughs> yeah, right. What, do you use it? Use delivery? Like those third-party deliveries, per, like if, personally? If I ever use third-party deliveries, which I actually had never used until I had Cameron, my mm. youngest, who is now one, and my sister... I was complaining about being hungry one time because that's usually what I complain about ever. Perfect. If I'm ever complaining, it's usually because <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. And she was like, why don't you just door dash something? And I was like, what? And honestly, it changed my life. But uh. I <laughs> Anthony's about to punch me. <laughs> There's the rebel. No. no. Yeah, okay. okay. But I will say I have only used DoorDash for national chains. I have DoorDashed myself a McFlurry. Okay. Oh, I would totally do it. You know, and McFlurries, I stand yeah. by that. They are a national treasure. And if somebody's <laughs> going to bring one straight to my door, I'm not going to fight it. Smart. But I don't use them for small businesses because I would rather go out of my way and just pick it up and yeah. support the way that I can. Oh, that's smart. So I, I have used delivery services. I'm not going to knock them completely. It's good for a quick uh, McFlurry, but maybe not for my favorite local business owners. I mean, it is what it is, right? Like, this is definitely a conversation that we'll definitely continue to kind of circle back to, right? Just because there's no way around it. It's such a big part of the culture and life 
kind of now where like that's almost used as especially like especially post pandemic. Yeah, it's used as a verb, right? It's like, yeah. hey, did you Uber? Did you yeah. Uber this thing? And it's like, ah. Eh. The, the last one that we'll touch on that we talked about was probably was hope, right? So we'll we'll kind of discuss hope and perseverance. I guess so yep. just because you are, I mean, I feel like more than anyone, right? I mean, I know me personally, we've obviously developed a relationship where I'll go to you with like different stressors and what am I worried about this month or this quarter and things I'm scared about. I know that that's not exclusive to me and you, right? So what Absolutely. have you heard from different people in the industry and outside of the industry, right? Like even also other content creators, right? Like you guys work with us so closely that, you know, when restaurants struggle, you guys obviously struggle too, right? Like building Absolutely. your brand. And, which honestly gets missed, right? There's always a lot of, there at least there was a lot of compassion that came our way. Like, oh, restaurant owner, they must be struggling. Yeah. Like it's a struggle for you guys too, right? So what, what's some of the stuff you've heard? Yeah, I think that the pandemic created a really, really interesting relationship between business owners, you know, restaurant owners, customers, foodies, influencers, bloggers. I think it created a really interesting dynamic between everyone where we all kind of came together and realized that this is so much bigger than us personally. I dealt with so many business owners that were really struggling and trying to figure out how they were going to make it through. And they figured out that honestly, word of mouth could save them. And that's definitely where foodies came in. That's where customers came in. And I think that brings people a lot of hope. It's just that you know, not not just like, oh, I got another five-star review. Yeah. It's, it's the hope that comes with there are people that have my back that support me enough to publicly exclaim their love for my food. No, yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, we've gotten to the point where now like Obviously, our, our relationship has grown to the point where we know when people come in through you based on maybe item that they'll order, right? Like there's a combo at VPizza that we know is affiliated with you. So when that stuff gets orders, we'll bring it up. You <laughs> what know, is the combo? Tell, uh, tell the folks. It's crying Hawaiian wings and a Mac attack. So if that's ordered by people. <laughs> yeah, even without that, you know, we'll get a lot of people that, that kind of bring you up by name. Yeah, but back to the hope thing. It was, I'll give an example without saying who it was. This, genuine, this happened three days ago. A woman that I had met once at church she had called the store two days ago. I'd met her like months ago. And she called the store two days ago. I need, to speak to, I need to speak to Anthony. It's a personal matter. I get on the phone. She's like, hey, I have this business. And like, I don't know how like you guys were kind of able to pull through. It seems like you're doing relatively well. Can I come and kind of get some advice? And she sells like, um, like personalized like buttons and like stickers and stuff. Uh -huh. I actually gave her your Instagram to reach out to. So she probably will. But just the, the idea of like that, all these people that would never make that phone call probably two years ago, like I would never look to somebody that has an Instagram page or a Facebook of a restaurant or a business or a bar or whatever it is. I would probably have too much pride to kind of reach out to them and be like, Hey man, I just need help. But since the pandemic, that's a really good point. I've reached out to so many people. I mean, people that we're excited to have on the podcast, but like Absolutely. there's an example of, of a guy that owns a bunch of really successful bars in downtown Raleigh. And we forged a really cool friendship that genuinely started on me searching for him on Instagram, DMing him on a story that he wrote. And I was like, hey, can I buy you a coffee and just like bother you for an hour? And he ate it up. He's, he's probably like a little bit older than me, but he's, he's you know obviously gone through a lot of the same things that I have. And those friendships, man, that something that seemed like it wasn't happening two, three, four years ago, it happens every day, right? So I think if there's one thing that the pandemic has taught us, it's like maybe you as a content creator that focuses on like food and activities, I'm sure that someone that may want to focus on, you know, maybe small clothing boutiques, they're going to reach out to you and try to get help, right? Because now yep. the pandemic has forced them. Absolutely. Any, any door that they were maybe afraid to open. Now you kind of got to... I think that that has actually given a lot of people hope in itself is that we can reach out and ask for help. Yeah. Um, that we're not on our own with this. And I think that that's part of the reason that 
I and Seton Play grew tremendously during the pandemic is because people want to help. Yeah. People want to ask for help and people want to help. And I think previously you would see restaurants just close with no goodbye, no, no reasoning. You had no idea what was going on. You would just drive by and see all of a sudden that they were gone. Whereas now I think a lot of restaurant owners have learned that it's okay to swallow your pride. It's okay to post and say, hey, we really need help. And I think that that's something that I was able to kind of jump into in the pandemic. So instead of really struggling and being like, well, there's nowhere to go, nothing to post. I yeah. think it kind of helped to be able to capitalize on that, not in a bad way, not like taking advantage no. of a bad situation, but I think it really showed that people need help and people want to help. And there's a way that we can kind of all come together to do that. No, yeah. I mean, that's perfectly said. And that's what we definitely needed. And I know that I don't speak for myself when there's a lot of people that leaned on you and your colleagues kind of in the space. And, you know, I mean, it's a tangible effect, right? Like we've all kind of, the people that have survived through it, it isn't from lack of the other people in the community coming out, having our backs and giving us a hand through it. So yeah, no, couldn't. Yeah. uh, I think along those same lines, we've been talking about word of mouth and how important that is. And I think that's how we can get into what's trending on social media. The main trend and echoing what we've been talking about is I see restaurants and operators connecting with their followers in a really hopeful way that encourages them to dine out again. More and more followers are posting where they've been and what they've had. If you follow me on Instagram, I have these little highlight bubbles that say, (laughs) they say you tried it. And I'm only able to put a certain amount on there anyways, but I'm on my fourth highlight bubble, which means like 400 followers have tagged me in a picture. More, because I only put some of them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more than 400 followers have shared a picture on their social media talking about where they went and how delicious it was. And that's like my favorite part of being on Instagram. (laughs) It's so crazy to think that like, not only are they tagging the restaurant and doing the work, but then it's like, I also must tag Megan because that's how important she was for me eating this food, right? And like, if that's a, something that a restaurant owner could look at. I mean, word yeah. of mouth is everything. And I think people forget sometimes that NC and Play is a small business too. So yep. when somebody eats somewhere Everybody that they d- love, no, and you, so you tag the business owner, like say somebody goes to V Pizza and they tag you at V Pizza and they tag me, it helps both of us yep. because it shows, what's the word I'm looking for? It shows it's almost like, like it's, it's why like we this, can be trusted. You know it's like I mean? this equity that you guys have now built that... It's uh, the easiest example is like, hey, look, if somebody's gonna pay for an ad on, let's say, Google, I know that me personally, I do a lot of stuff on Google. If like, there's just a lot of things, an infinite amount of things I don't know. I have never clicked on the top one that's one of those paid ads because it's not mm-hmm. organic. It's like, oh, someone just threw a bunch of money at something and now it's on there. So to see something as like Megan organic, has done this, yeah, yeah Megan has is here and she vouches for it and here's this picture of her eating it with Harrison, right, with your husband and your kids in the background and it's like. There's way too many times that, that we've seen it in the business, right? And my friends that are in the studio can speak for it too. It means yeah. so much more than putting money behind a sponsored post or paying for an ad in a, in a certain space, right? If, if you're out there and we see that you're eating it and that you're enjoying mm-hmm. it and that you'll put it on your page, it's got to mean something. And I so. think part of the reason it means so much to people is one of the things that I'm proud about with NC Eat and Play is that I feel like I've given people... They kind of feel like they know me. So when I post yep. that I went somewhere and I loved it, they feel like their friend is recommending it to them. And so I feel like people can really take that and bring it into their life and realize like it doesn't just matter what NC and Play likes. It matters what your friends like and what yep. your friends want to know what you like. So it's really interesting to see how that has played a role and 
I'm sorry. My producers are giving me show notes. This is our first show. And the <laughs> amount of times that Dell has been writing on a piece of paper and then just like he's shoving writing, it in the air. He's writing this chicken scratch. It's so funny. And holding it up. And I'm supposed to be able to read it and know what to say. In real time. And then pay attention to what the other person, I don't know what's happening. But there's, there's a lot going on here. So any... So moving on, the point is, I am clearly not the only one who is doing this on social media. There are other foodies that are (laughs) making a point to really support local and recommend places. And I think we're going to bring some of them on in future episodes. And you guys are really going to like them. I've got some favorites. I've got some that I definitely turn to because where does Unseat and Play turn? Well, I'll tell you soon. Smart. But let's talk a little bit about bad experiences. Ooh, okay. As a restaurant owner, what what does it mean for you when you log on in the morning and you see, like you said earlier, a two-star review because somebody wasn't greeted? Oh, man. I First mean, of all, do you see those? Do you, you check them? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. So I have notifications everywhere. We'll get the pop-up. I'll get a pop-up on my phone from, from like the big hitters, right? Like Google and Yelp and Facebook whenever a new review comes up regardless of the score. And then we'll obviously, we'll sign in. And the first thing that we do is, is I address it with my staff. We have like an app where we kind of all communicate. So I'll just, I'll take a screenshot of it. I'll send it to the staff. Not enough, obviously it's, it is training material, right? It's the customer is yeah. giving you their perspective. 90% of them, they give you fair criticism and it's a point that we obviously need to address and that we want to address as a business. There's obviously going to be some outliers where like, mm-hmm. why is the pizza round, right? And then, yeah, all right, cool, man, I'll see you later. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I mean, look, it's deflating. It's definitely, a, it's, a, it's a punch to the gut. Is the cost of doing business, so we're never the type. I would never discourage people from leaving a review just because even though, I mean, look, is it a positive impact or negative? It's super negative. It just is, right? There's yeah. no way around that. But And I think kind of what you were touching on there is I think there's a big difference between feedback yeah. and a negative review. If you leave me a one-star review and there's no and there's no words behind it, then, like, you stink. Like, like tell me what it is. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, putting it back on you, like, you eat out a lot. It's part of the job, right? So if that happens, I'm sure, I mean, you post so much. I could only assume that it's not all perfect, right? So if you go to a yeah. place and it's not the best, how do you handle it? What do you do? Actually, does that happen? I get that question a lot because, you know, some people see my page and they assume I must be paid for all of these. I must just post anything right. that I'm invited to. Anytime I get free food, I'm going to post it. But I really try to be very sincere and authentic. And I think that shows through. And I think with a lot of other foodie pages that do the same, you can tell who is being authentic. And I have had experiences that have not been good experiences. And I feel like I can't highly recommend a place to my followers. And in those circumstances, it's really simple. I just don't post it. I don't post my negative experience. I don't post and lie and say that I had a great experience. But most importantly, I will contact the restaurant owner personally and kind of explain in a nice way, not in an insulting or attacking way, just kind of explain what I felt like could have gone better, maybe get their opinions, maybe make a few suggestions, and then I'll give it another shot. So it's almost never a one and done thing for me, especially because, and I say this all the time on my page, I am not like, I'm not qualified to be a food critic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Right. I don't have you're not gonna be the like, credentials oh. to say, oh, the food had too much salt, right. which is one of the most common reviews that I see yeah. ever. It's like, oh, there's too much salt. And I'm like, okay, well, where did you go to culinary school? Yeah, Please no, enlighten true. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because no, that's some smart. people love salty food. I think it's important for people to just remember that, that in the food industry, there is a lot that's subjective. And it's like, was your bad experience because 
you had a horrible waiter. Right. In that case, the owner needs to know. Yeah, a thousand it percent. It was your bad experience because you're at a Mexican restaurant and you decided you don't like spicy food. Yeah, then why are you there? Yeah. yeah, right. Is that a problem that the whole world needs to know about on Google reviews or do you yeah. need to just toughen up and learn to like spicy food? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that probably makes. <laughs> Honestly, we could do a whole show on bad experiences. We definitely could. I mean, <laughs> and why you should not <laughs> post about them. Yeah. But I think we can move on to spring. Something a little happier than bad experiences. Yes. <laughs> it is springtime and the birds are chirping. Maybe not today, actually. Today, no. <laughs> I'm looking outside it's not the, it's for not motivation. And it's yeah. not the most beautiful day here in North Carolina. <laughs> but spring is on the rise. Birds are chirping. Flowers are blooming. And I always think of Asheville. I Ooh. Have you ever been to Asheville? I have. I've been to Asheville a couple of times. Never in the spring. I went Oof. for New Year's a couple years ago. Oh, like, that would be fun. And like, yeah, it was like super pandemic-y. So we just, <laughs> yeah, we rented like a mountain house and we just like, we just hung out at the house and stuff. Oh, that's cool. I, there were a couple of breweries that we were able to explore that were open at like a limited capacity. Yes. But geez Louise. Some people gorgeous. that are listening to this know that I don't drink. But what? I'm sure you can. <laughs> what? I'm sure that you can vouch. I have heard that Asheville's brewery scene is on. Oh, point. it's bananas. There's like 40 on every block. It doesn't. It's so overwhelmed. I mean, like good part of overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. It's like going to Disney, right? Like there's just so much to see and kind of experience and like the ambiance of these places, right? Like the way that they're kind of like decorated. I feel like I have a. I have, a, I have so much love yeah. for that, for people that are able to do that in a way where it all comes together, because it's almost like playing like The Sims in real life, right? Like where you're yeah. taking these four empty walls. <laughs> There's some, I mean, the- um, And Asheville's so good at that, the ambiance. I'm trying to think, what aesthetic. is my favorite one? I don't want to say it wrong. Is it like Graveyard or something? There's a brewery in downtown Asheville. Graveyard. Someone's got a, someone mm-hmm. comment somewhere. Someone shoot us a DM. It, it's, I think it's called Graveyard. It is gorgeous. I think it's someone like, on our team's going to look it up. We'll, yeah. We'll check on that. It's like indoor, outdoor, and it's just, oh my God, it's incredible. The beer was great. They have like a big outdoor fire pit. It was sick. That's awesome. One of the reasons that I think of Asheville for the springtime is because I went flower picking in Asheville and- Burial. Sorry to cut you off. Burial. There you have it, everybody. Sorry. (laughs) Graveyard Graveyard, burial. burial. I see see where it came from. Easy enough. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. So I went flower. Have you ever gone flower picking, Anthony? Mm. Is that something you like to do in your free time? (laughs) (laughs) Take a little basket and fill it up with tulips. Yeah, I have not. (laughs) Okay, but let me just tell you, there is nothing more romantic and charming. Then going to the mountainside of Asheville and picking your own flowers. Ooh, I could take my dog. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I can go with. Perfect. That's a good idea. Wait, is yeah. that where you is, is that where you had posted last year that you had done flower Yeah, it's picking? called the Neverending Flower Farm. Yes. And we went together as a family. And this was in the fall, but they plant in a way that they have year-round blooms. But spring would be just a glorious time. To go and it's you cut your own flowers. It's one of those things where you just romanticize your life, and I feel like that's yeah. what Asheville is all about: is romanticizing your life. The the downtown area, the mountains, the hikes, everything about it just feels like a different world. Yeah, I could only imagine. It's doing a great it that place way. to do a picnic. When you go to Asheville, is this? Are you trying to say at a hotel? Are you more like an Airbnb person? When you, just in general, are you um, like Airbnb? It depends. You... So I love Airbnbs, like a really Me good too. cabin. I'm actually going to Asheville. Oh, dope. Yeah, I'm going to a dome. It's like a, a Airbnb like glamping dome. No way. Yeah, so you'll see that in a couple Wait, weeks. It's gonna insane. be really fun. I love. Oh, so a is Harrison good... gonna have a blog? Is Harrison gonna vlog it? Yes. 
I read Harrison's yes. blogs. Yeah. I love a good Airbnb, and I also love small business, like boutique hotels. Oh, cool. But the most important thing to me is being close to food. Looking at Asheville, some of my favorite spots. First of all, for breakfast, I feel like everybody has to try Whole Donuts. Whole Donuts is iconic. It's in a North Carolina institution. I don't even know how to explain them to you. They are crispy on the outside, but fluffy on the inside. Ooh, okay. So it's not like a, it's, I don't know, it's not like a warm, yeasty, crispy cream donut. It's okay. like, it's almost like a funnel cake in your mouth. That's what I was thinking when, the way you described yeah. it. So it's okay, like a so funnel cake See, I'm good at this. Yeah, killing it. Yeah, so whole yeah. donuts, fantastic. I feel like everybody has to try them at least once. Lunch, I will never, ever stop recommending this place. And it's Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack. So many people have gone to it when they go to Asheville after seeing me post about it, and for good reason. And even if you don't like hot chicken, they have it. They have like a scale of one to 10. Oh. So you can go all the way to like hot, burn your mouth hot, or you can be a little lower on what like number the do you honey do? side. I can't remember what number I did. I tried to follow the person who helped me, and they gave me a number probably a little <laughs> too low. I'd probably go a little spicier oh, next really? time. I was probably at like a four. Oh. Three or a four, and I'd probably okay. go up to a five. What's Harrison? I, Harrison's low. Wait, he wanted his to be like all honey. Oh yeah, he's oh, a geez. wimp. Okay. I'm so I'm so sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you on blast. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know how hot he, I would go. He I says like... he says food shouldn't hurt, and I guess I, I guess I, I can agree with that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Special date night spots. I've actually only gone to Asheville with my family, and Asheville has a lot of places that are not necessarily toddler and baby friendly, but the one that is top of my list to try for a date night when I go with Harrison is called Curate. It looks fantastic. Really? Yeah. It looks like, I think it's like small plates. Okay. And I don't know if there's like an actual, I actually don't know what type of food it is, except that every time I see a picture, it looks amazing. And all of my foodie friends post about it. Really? Oh, yeah. But when I looked up pictures, it's like a very small, cute, modern place in downtown Asheville. And that's the kind of place that Dean would literally tear down. Really? In like once. Yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah. Dean is all about, he dances in the booths. He waves to all the people. He if throws Dean on the, on the ground. If you get Dean on the right day, he's kind of like, just like a little mini tornado. He oh yeah. Just, he wants to move. He's, a, he's wild. It was that time that we went to, we went somewhere to meet like for breakfast. It was me, Udell, and you brought the boys and he was, he was in a mood. He was ready to rock. I mean, look, he's incredible, but like there are times <laughs> when he's obviously, when he's antsy, right? Yes. My son like, Dean is almost four years old and he makes eating out a trip. Oh, yeah. It was Cape Fear Seafood in Raleigh. Oh, That's where yes. we went. That place was good. And no. Nope. Oh, wait. And immediately, as soon as you sat down, I'm like, eh, this is Megan. She's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> and then they said, <laughs> Yeah. No, Anthony likes fun. to do that. Yeah, I love doing that. Everyone needs to know. <laughs> oh, All right. Oh, we need to get to the Hoot Nanny. Right. We cannot let this episode end without talking about the Hoot Nanny and Seam Place Spring Hoot Nanny and Foodie Festival this year, presented by Cheerwine. It's happening April 9th. And you are a part of it again, which I am so excited about. Genuinely cannot wait. So I think that I, I don't know exactly who I speak to, but I know that there's a lot of us that are not local to North Carolina like you are. So I didn't know what the word Hootenanny meant. <laughs> I feel like you had to explain it to me 75 times for me to get it. So. Do you want me to tell you where Hootenanny came from? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just minding my own business in my house, and okay. I get a phone call from my brand manager, Dell, who we talked about earlier in this episode. And Dell said, Megan, you're going to laugh, but you got to listen. And he said, we got to throw a hoot nanny. And I started cracking up. 
I busted up laughing and I said, Del, I love it. And that was exactly the reaction he was looking for. Really? And every time we had a meeting with someone like potential sponsors, Cheerwine, every time we said, we're going to have a hoot nanny, they started laughing. And we we're like, that is exactly what we oh, want. <laughs> hoot nanny is technically, it's like an, it's what old school Southerners used to call a party. It was basically just a really relaxed community party. Back in the day, I'm sure everybody was like barefoot under the string lights, listening to a banjo. Right. I feel like that's one of the best parts of the South is just this community of people coming together outside, listening to good music. It's relaxed. It's not over-programmed. It's like affordable. Said, it's fun for families. You can't wear shoes when you go, correct? You have to take <laughs> off your shoes. Okay, so in today's age, I would recommend wearing shoes. Right. I wore cowboy boots. I wore cowboy boots. Anthony last year came head to toe. He was in a cowboy hat, a big belt with a big buckle, cowboy boots. By the end of the night, he had to take them off. And I swear he was getting a foot rub from one of his employees. (laughs) So I would uh, probably not recommend barefoot for this one, but definitely cowboy boots. What can, um, let us know. Okay, so for people that didn't make it out to the one in the fall, and even if you did, obviously you've done so much to go like next level, right? So what can folks expect? Well, it's going to be under an open-air pavilion, which I think is really awesome for a lot of reasons. There's shade, there's protection from weather, and then also we're still coming out of a pandemic, so it's open-air, which I think is really important. Thank you. And then there's going to be live bluegrass music, which I am so pumped about. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little more in a different episode, but my great-grandfather was a bluegrass singer called The Singing Farmer. No. You can look him up, Lake Howard, The Singing Farmer. Sick. So what I love it? bluegrass. Was he the singer or was he like the banjo yeah, guy? Yeah, he was the singer. Of course he was. Yeah, he got like a record deal in New York. We'll get into it on no another way. episode. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. That's actually super so cool. So I am big. I love bluegrass. I love some bluegrass. And so we're having a band called Sweet Potato Pie. They were at our first Hoot Nanny. They're back by popular demand. Oh, they were and then awesome. I also found someone who looks incredible. His name is Colin Cutler. And he's going to come on the banjo. I think he does banjo, harmonica, a little bit of singing, and then he's bringing a fiddler with him named Kristen. I don't even know what that means. A fiddler? Yeah, what is that? It's a violin. Oh. I'm doing the violin motions for nobody to see right now. Wait, so... (laughs) Yeah, you know, like really fast violins. Oh, so he's playing a violin quickly, so then he has a different name? No, so he's playing the banjo. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. You are clearly not from the South. Oh, cool. (laughs) All right. <laughs> so he's playing the banjo. She's on the fiddler. People are going to be greeted by okay. them when they walk in. It's going to be very cool. Oh, fiddler on the roof. Yes. He had a violin. Yes. Yeah, Look at totally. you coming together. Where is so it's at a it's at a farm. It's at yeah. the same spot. It's called Phillips Farms of Cary. So it's in Cary. But what I love about it is Phillips Farms has been there for over a hundred years. So even though you're in the heart of Cary, it really feels like you're kind of taking a step back in time yeah. into a nice. The owner is Simple, cool. Yeah, the owner, Michael. Cool. I work with Michael pretty closely to make this event happen, and he is really, really awesome. And his farm is big enough to hold all of the amazing food that we're going to have. Last year, we had a few vendors there. Yeah. Um, and then we had your pizza, yep. which was a big showstopper. But this year, we decided to really hone in on that, and so we have a full-blown foodie festival as a part of this Hoot Nanny. So we're going to have more so. than... T- 20, more, yep, more than 20 local vendors sampling their awesome products. In addition to your delicious food, we're also going to have Endless Cheer Wine because they're our title sponsor. Is it dessert? 
to your wine? No, is there a type of dessert that's oh. one of the vendors? Yo, oh, yeah, there's plenty of desserts. Andia's Homemade Ice Cream and oh, Carrie is one of the most famous ice cream restaurants around, and she's going to be serving up some ice cream, which we're really excited about. And then some of the other vendors, we've got some homemade Pop-Tarts. Wow. So well, people know be... to bring samples to me because I'll be on the truck and I can't leave. <laughs> we'll talk about Perfect. it, Nancy. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes. So we're going to have endless cheer wine. We're going to have beer, wine. I'm really like, excited about the wine, rosé and the hay. You guys have games and stuff too, right? Where's all yep, games we've got kids? games. We'll get to games in a second, oh. Anthony. Let me talk about the food. <laughs> <laughs> so rosé and the hay, last year, that was another brilliant idea that my team came up with. It's a really cool immersive experience in the hay with rosé. Oh, that's Can you sick. imagine? That's incredible. <laughs> and this year we're introducing a really cool saloon experience that I'm excited about. Awesome. Which we'll get into a little bit more in a beer craft brew corral. Try saying that five yeah. times fast. Beer I couldn't craft, have said it once. Beer craft. I beer can't craft even. Brew corral. Beer craft brew Beer craft. Wait, is it craft beer or beer craft? It's definitely craft beer. Craft beer. Yeah. That's we're gonna blame Dell on that one. Yeah, it's perfect. his chicken scratch writing back there. <laughs> Wait, so what is that? What what is a corral just in general? A corral. So I just learned this recently because when I hear corral, I think of Golden Corral. <laughs> but Dell oh, educated me. He did a Google search for me. A corral is the pin that holds like horses in at the farm. Oh. Okay, yeah. So cool. basically, we're gonna have a really cool section that's kind of like fenced off and creates a corral with craft beer. Yeah. See, everything is just so programmed. My God. Everything is perfect over there. And Anthony has promised that he will be wearing cowboy boots again. Yes, more comfortable cowboy boots. How many people yeah. coming? Yeah. We're planning on upwards, probably more than 600. Jeez Louise, that's yeah. going to be crazy. We're doubling it from last year. Wow, that's going to be so awesome. Yeah, so get ready to make some pizza. Yeah, I'm so hyped. No, the whole team is ready for it. We've had a lot of cool videos from the last one, so we want to get a part of it. Is it true that there's going to be a part of the Hoot Nanny when you are going to pick up the spatula and cook pizzas? That's what the rumor on the street is. Is it called a spatula or is it called a peel? I feel like um, you don't even know your own industry. The peel is after it's in the oven and you're turning it. Spatula is how you get it in. Yeah, I thought sorry. I had you there. Sorry. I'm sorry. But <laughs> That would actually be very cool. Yeah, you totally should. That is not a part of the plan, but we can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, because then we, we could swap, right? Like I could go live from your Instagram as you're making pizzas. Yeah. Ooh, that's smart. I like it. Okay, cool. Let's do okay, that. Okay, I think okay, we're bet. coming up with some fun stuff. But what I am doing for sure is I'm doing a cooking demo with my mom. We're going to be making some cheer wine recipes, and that is an exciting Wait, really? launch. Oh, don't. Did you know? I don't think I even told you this. My mom and I are starting a cooking channel. No way. Yep. Guess like what it's called? Guess channel? what it's called? Uh, my Mama's NC Kitchen. Jeez Louise. That's going to be incredible. Oh, I love that. She's beautiful. She's good at cooking. We're launching it at the community with our cooking demo. I know. Everybody thinks my mom is yeah. my sister. You said cheer wine. It's, it's going to be featured on it, right? It's like a like you and your mom are doing cheer wine based stuff? Yes. So for the Hoot Nanny, we're going to be cooking a cheer wine inspired recipe. You'll have to come to see what it's going to be. Okay. And then after the Hoot Nanny, my mom and I are going to have our channel, My Mama's NC Kitchen. It'll be on nceatandplay.com. Wow. And we've already started doing a lot of the cooking. Wait, how many, people, how many people do you think will ask for cameos from your dad? All of them? All of them. Yeah. For people that don't know, if you, if you want to find out, her dad looks like a cross between, like, George Clooney and, like, Denzel Washington. Like, it's incredible. Maybe a little bit of Tom Hanks in there. Yeah. Just trying to think of the most attractive men in Hollywood. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's the vibe. Now my dad um, will definitely listen to this episode when I tell him. Wait, so, so besides, I mean, I know you said that, like, our, the main sponsor for your Hootenanny is going to be Cheerwine. Do you have... 
Are there other sponsors that, that are kind of pairing Oh, yeah. Sweet. We are really lucky to have so many awesome businesses in the community that believe in what we're doing at the Hootenanny and want to be a part of it. Cheerwine, obviously the title sponsor. We've also got Jim Allen Group, Field Day, Omega Sports, Saucony, Raleigh Brewing Company, and we're still gathering more. So it's been really neat. I feel yeah. really honored that so many people believe in what we're doing. Yeah, heck yeah. No, I mean, and especially since you got the first one done and everyone was like, I mean, genuinely, people were like, what is a Hootenanny? And yep. you guys, you guys promised a lot. You still over-delivered on the promise. So now, if you're in North Carolina and you're in the space, if you have a business, big or small, why would you not want to be a part of the next one? So we're hyped. Look at that. Yeah. And I think, that, so I think that's kind of everything through Dell's 7,000 notes, right? I think that that's it. We've, we've, <laughs> we've got to the end of the first one. Yeah, I think I was a little nervous when I saw all of our show notes for today. Yeah, but me too. I think, we, I think we make a good team. I think that We this... riff pretty well off each other. There's some natural banter here. Yeah. No, a thousand. I, I think it went great. I think that without Dell leering through the depths of my soul with his eyes, I think that it was, I think that it was incredible. Yeah, so that was fun. I think it was fun. Anthony and I want to thank everyone for listening to our very first show today. We hope that it was informative and entertaining. If you have a show idea, please send them to our producers Ooh. at info at yes. I'm sure you guys have lots of good ideas and we want to hear them. This podcast is produced by Llama House Partners and will be available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to tap the notification button to stay updated. And of course, follow NC and Play, V Pizza, and Flask Cocktail Bar for more of our personal slices on what we are doing. Until next time. So thank you guys for listening to Adventures by the Slice with Megan and Anthony. And we will see you. See ya.